Hit him on the chin, Nathan. Fire him up, buddy. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon and welcome wherever and whenever you're listening to Fire Up, where we explore the nexus between art, science, music and rugby league. I'm Dennis Carnahan, joined once by a once again sulky Redfern Pat and the voice of Pro Wrestling Australia, Chris Gale, who chose to watch WrestleMania and Survivor Final last night to steer away from any possible mention of the Tigers in the rugby league media. Although I can only presume that the Survivor Final had their one hit, Eye of the Tiger, in a prominent position. But well-connected Chris is going to pull back the curtain and reveal the intimate, intricate dramas, paradoxes, conspiracies and nuances that go on in the murky depths of rugby league. But what a weekend of rugby league it was! The standard of the competition, the standard of play, the skills, the power. Immovable objects moved, irresistible forces resisted. A powerhouse club getting out to a seemingly unassailable lead, only to be run down by the underdog. The spirit in which the games were played was the best it's ever been. There was no wrestling. The refs were using the whistle modestly. There was no pushing of the rules. There was excellent compliance and good, hard, honest, eyes-up footy contested by a playing group full of passion. Rugby League has never been in a better place, but there's more to come. Player depth is at an all-time peak. This is a competition that is ready for expansion. The future of Rugby League has never looked better. But what the hell is happening with the much more expensive and heavily sponsored men's game? Wrestling returns, refs accused of bias, shoe-scuffing fights. Chris Gale, the NRLW is clearly the pinnacle of the game. But what is doing with the dark forces that run the NRLM? I'm telling you what, Dennis Carnahan, for a moment there I thought your drinking problem would return because you were speaking of a game which I don't understand until you contextualised it with the NRLW. What a magnificent weekend it was down there on Sunday afternoon at Leichhardt Oval. As the eighth. The, the, yeah. Indeed, the eighth wonder of the world is the St. George Illawarra Dragons and the surprising Sydney Roosters coming from the clouds against the unbackable Brisbane Broncos to set up a fantastic grand final between two proud traditional Sydney clubs playing in the big GF, the big dance in Redcliffe. Uh, this is it's, So clearly what's happened is the NRL has seen that the NRLW is doing well so they've put their dirty, sticky fingers into the pie. That's right. And they've decided, well, the Broncos are clearly going to win, so we'll put it, we can't put it in Lang Park, so let's, let's put it in Redcliffe. So many fans of the Roosters up there. So many fans of the St. George Illawarra Dragons up there. Were they projecting a Titans Broncos grandfather? I mean, what's going on? I mean, they really do know how to shoot themselves in both feet. And we'll come to feet a little bit later. But you asked me a question there, Mm. and it's a question that I take seriously Mm -hmm. because it's often debated who actually runs our game. Mm. Now, there are some obvious candidates. Gus Gould. Yep. Well, he invented the game. (laughs) Buzz Rothfield. (laughs) He was there when it was invented. The minor cabal of Volantis and Abdo, a.k.a. the ALRC, or is that the ARLC? ARLC, yes. Slash NRL, dot, dot, dot. FFS, um, that there's some thought that they might have a handle in the game. The, for, the, the media voice is primarily referenced by Fox and the free-to-air network. Channel 9. Also, people believe that those fingers are in the various pies that are on offer. But it's taken a hero. Can I say the people's hero? Dare I say the people's champion? The people's champion? Danny Weidler from the <laughs> Sydney Morning Herald. To without fear or favour in his amazing column that he pens every Sunday. And I can only assume an entire week's work goes into this tremendous piece. I can't drink a coffee. I can't eat a muffin until I've read this on Sunday mm. morning or after the Saturday I, had, Saturday I had Sunday afternoon. In his column, he has revealed who actually runs our game. And can I quote the great Danny Wilder so, without so, his permission? So, so Danny Wilder is not saying it's Volandis. No. He's not saying Sakithra Connection no. at all. It's not media. It's, it's not, not big media. media. It's not big tech. It's not big tech. Which surprised me because I thought it was a coalition of Meta, Huawei, and, well, no. And um, Atlassian? Yeah. Atlassian? Atlassian. Well, cannon, <laughs> shot out of a cannon Brooks. <laughs> That's him. And, I mean, I know my team's not going that well, but how good are those bunnies going? 
But uh, it's, it just proves that you can actually throw billions of dollars at a club and they can still lose. But, no, can I quote from Danny Widler? Please. He's referring to... Is this a fire-up first? <laughs> Quoting from Danny Widler. Maybe back in... Actually, former producer of the show, Bronco Reg... Shout out to Bronco. Saw Danny Widler uh, in the lead-up to a game at Leichhardt Oval just hanging around. And I said, sign him up. Get him on the show. And Danny said, I happily came on the show and I put it to former host Stephen Ferris. He says, not on my watch. <laughs> so this is an article in reference to, well, he's two in a row, Nathan Brown from the... Warriors, mm. not the Auckland Warriors. The Nomadic Warriors. Not the New Zealand Warriors, but arguably the Redcliffe Warriors. He says, Brown has real problems, however. He is out of favour with members of the Cronulla Coffee Club, the same group who used their connections in the media to push former Sharks coach John Bomber Morris out the door and into the clutches of Jason Dimitri at South Sydney. So that was tough for Morris. Brown has fallen out with one of the regular latte sippers who is close mates with the likes of Paul Green and Shane Flanagan. Expect them to agitate for Brown to part company with the Warriors. It turns out that this Cronulla Coffee Club, as we always suspected, it's Rugby League's version of the Illuminati, Dennis. But who are they? Who's in the club? Well, it's not a good story if they reveal who they are. Now, I, I guess. I mean... I, I tell do you they, what, do they, they turn up? Like, is there a uniform like superheroes have? Is there, is there an undercover unit? Are they masked? Are they in disguise? Do they have superhero characters? I'm not that familiar with the coffee shop scene in the Shire. I have mm. occasionally had one at Brighton La Sands on my way down there, and there are Doesn't a few count. of those Mediterranean restaurants with dark cabin, you know, dark booths out the back. Ooh. I'm assuming it's a version of one of those. I don't think they're sitting out on the promenade. Wood panels? Yeah. I don't think they're just there on the Kingsway saying, here we are. I think it's subtle. It's mm-hmm. discreet. But Outside if you, old shows. But, but if you read closely, <laughs> and maybe on Northies. the Fire Up Facebook page or on Blowing Up Deluxe, we'd love you to join there and um, be part of the banter. Weidler is pointing us in a direction because he says the members of the Cronulla Club, there's one who's a close mate of Paul Green and Shane Flanagan. They must be mates with so very few people in this world, in my view. I, I can't think of any. Right. Flano? Greeny? So Greeny's in Sydney now, is he? No, no. This member of the club uh, is a close, a close associate to- of Flano and Paul Green. So I Green guess- played for the Roosters, isn't he? Yeah. Now, I, I want to put a couple of candidates to you. We've already yep. mentioned Gus Gould. I know he's a, he's a fixture yep. in the Shire. Um, he's formed an unholy alliance, and you were consuming that last night. I wasn't because of WrestleMania Survivor, mm. the Women's NC2A Championships, et cetera, et cetera, consuming rugby league media. Yes. But Gus and Gal have formed an unholy alliance. Well, they're on a TV show together. They didn't like each other. Well, it, there was a point of time at the back end of Gal's career where mm. Gould refu- refused to refer to Gal by n- the number name. eight, the number did, 13. The number 13, just called him the number yep. 13. But the geniuses at. Channel 9. Brought them together in 100% footy and mm. said, let the fireworks begin, and now they're best mates. And so the fireworks have been a damp squib. Right. But I would, I, I could imagine you've got uh, Gus. Gal would be a candidate, uh, as we'll come to management issues in a moment. The, mm. the likes of, you know, big favourite of this show, Coda Nasser, and he's a couple of Sonny Bill Williams could be involved. Ooh. But I want to throw a curveball at you. Mm-hmm. Long-term listeners to the radio version of this show will remember former host Brett Oten. He lives down in the Shire. He was the epitome of the inner West, you know, entertainment lawyer living at Erskineville, broadcasting yeah. on FBI radio, and suddenly he disappeared to the Shire. Drank the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, I'm saying Brett Oten is He's- single-handedly determining the future of rugby league, and I think we're in good hands as a result. Well, ex- except that he's a Dragons fan. No, Roosters fan. Oh, of course he is. That was Stephen Ferris. He's a roost. Well, so he'd be. Connected. Oh, Ferris was in charge. The game is a disaster. It'd be he'd, over. So he'd, he'd be well connected. He has a legal background. He'd understand how. He's, he's in the entertain. He's an entertainment lawyer. Well, let's just mention he's a Roosters fan, and you know he sits with a bunch of Roosters. And we know how well connected they are. And you just Cabal. go up the chain. Cabal. It probably does come back to Kithra. It probably yeah. does. Oten is it Greek? Yes. Is of course it is. Of course it is. Um, but. Along with this cabal, so is this cabal working against, with, or for the Kithra connection? No, I'd say that um, intimately for. 
you know, totally four. Yeah, I'd say you're fine if you did the Venn diagram, there'd be a big intersecting part of the two sets and that they're sort of steering the game. And they have their loot, well, lieutenants, I guess, if we do the correct English pronunciation. Um, obviously, on the in would be the Godfather, which is inappropriate mm. because he's Greek, but Nick Pilatus. Yep. Lieutenant, Peter Volandis. So you think Volandis sits under oh, without, Pilatus? Without question. And so these dark, shadowy figures, they just, they do the, they're the ninjas. They do the machinations. They make it happen. They're the ones that go out and when we need to get rid of Bomber Morris, they go and get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't separate Oaten, Gallon, and, and, <laughs> and Pilatus, but I can confidently say that Volandis is in their employ. Yeah, he's just an executive. Um, but Volandis. Volandis has come back. We were, we were lamenting last week that Volandis had disappeared. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago we were saying where was he? Why had he stepped into the background? What was going on? What was he leaving? He was actually attending to his other job racing New South Wales. Not that I see any conflict there whatsoever. But he's back and he's concerned about, guess what? I've already made reference to it, the wrestle. The being, wrestle. Being WrestleMania 38, I think, yesterday. Are you, are you concerned that he's going to take over your patch? My patch in what sense? In PWA. Yes, <laughs> well, that's right. That he's making a play for the big time. Well, I am the voice of PWA, Dennis, but the other voice of PWA, Andrew Rose. He's Who's officially the other voice. Boy, would I love to work with Volandis as a duo. That'd be absolutely good, calling suplexes and hurricane runners and what have you. That'd be absolutely sensational. But <laughs> look, let's, let's look at the evidence, Dennis. There was mm -hmm. a major rule change at the beginning of this year. Yep. And that is if you concede a ruck infringement ding, ding. in the opposition 40. It was previously just a six again. Yep. And, you know, teams led by evil coalitions, i.e. the Clearies, Penrith, would just deliberately hold players All down. the Roosters, all the Storms. Yeah, to assert their, their physical... It is their go. It is their go. Assert their physical dominance, drain the juice out of the lesser teams, of which you and I are very familiar with. And, <sighs> and it was ending up in blowouts... See, this is back to cricket the, scores. This is back to the hideous days, which I, I'm thankful I wasn't born for a lot of them, of the eleven straight, and that was the way the dragons would win. They would, if they received the kickoff, they would kick it back to the opposition so they could belt them because you can hit much harder when you're defending than when you have the ball. The current thought is that when you have the ball, you have more energy, but they just belt the hell out of them. So giving away more tackles, the, the roosters, the storms, and who was the other team you mentioned? Uh, the Penrith Panthers. They, they're more than happy just to tackle them to oblivion and then run up the cricket score. I don't want to get into the history lesson, Dennis, but I did read the Never Before, Never Again Larry Ryder book. I'm sorry and, about that. Yeah, and we're all thankful for that. But one of the major reasons that the St. George, as they then were, team ran off all those premierships was they actually trained. Apparently, yeah, and the others didn't. Yeah, Ken was... Carney introduced physical conditioning into rugby league. Previously, it was you came, you did a couple of laps of the oval, you played a bit of touch, and you went to the pub. And I tell you what, that might be a bit of a tip for Madge Maguire and the Tigers. But uh, what they did, it was unlimited tackle as well. So mm. in so... the early part of the game, they said, well, well, we'll kick off, and they didn't want the ball. No. They just which, wanted to smash exactly, blokes. And, th and this is what Volandis is trying to stop that because the, 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 these teams have made it unlimited tackle because they're just giving away uh, – Ruck infringement after ruck infringement after ruck infringement over and over again. Ding, 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 ding. There it is. There it is. They don't care. They love giving them away. So they changed the rule mm. and that gave beleaguered offences a little bit more time to get their breath back because yep. if it's a penalty, they get to kick it upfield. Now, the result was after three rounds, there were 151 more penalties blown. More penalties. More penalties because the we're last not, year. Because all the six agains have gone. So it's just ah, basically yep, 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 yep. swung all the way, other way around. Now, what have we got? More even games, mm -hmm. closer contests, yep. games in the balance for longer, yep. what we would all crave and desire. Whereas last year, I quote the Dark Overlord himself, even the blowouts are entertaining. <laughs> right? And he's, he's a lone voice. And what yep. they've done, and I got to credit Felix Annesley with this. He and of course the great Wayne Junior Pierce for seeing the problem, stemming the bleeding, and putting rugby league back on its gyroscope. All right, and we've got a better game as a result of it, and that's been reinforced by no greater authority this morning than the great Ricky Stewart. So Ricky Stewart has come out and said <laughs> that. 
He's never enjoyed rugby league more. Oh, Ricky. Seems odd when you're two and two. Yeah, two and two. And he, he actually, he didn't seem that upset in his two-minute press conference on Saturday night. It was very brief, wasn't it? It was It was a two-minute special. And that's probably why he wasn't upset, because it was only a two-minute special. He didn't have enough time. No. But, but he's, he's saying it's great. The great Andrew Webster has gone into the Herald today and said, leave our game alone. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. But the problem is... Peter Volandis, God love him. I look forward to calling wrestling with him because he's got to get out of rugby league because he's like the Wizard of Oz there. He says, right, we're going to a commission meeting today, I think it is, right now as we're broadcasting. Well, you don't really... To change the we're rules. We're broadcasting it. To, to, to emphasize more six agains for more infractions, oh. dial up the sin bin. We'll come to that, you know, in a moment. Oh. I mean, it's out of control. He's like the Wizard of Oz. Pull back the curtain and there's just this diminutive figure twiddling with dials. To no great effect. And I believe what we're seeing is the revenge of the referees because I believe that the bar was lowered for a six-again whistle as opposed yep. to a penalty yep. whistle. The, ref- the the game is ruined. We saw that mm. last year. Totally ruined. They now try and fix it and the referees go, yeah, I'm just going to keep blowing. It's turned into a whistle-a-thon. And the concern I have is the revelations that the Warriors great Roger Tuovasashek is returning to rugby league next season. Is he? He's left rugby union. He says, I've had enough. I had a dream to be an all-black. It's been shattered. I'm coming back to play for the Warriors in 2023. And my concern, he's going to come back to, to a game full of whistle. Unrecognisable. Rugby league might be becoming rugby union. Oh, oh. Now, we, we mentioned before the, the clubs, the Penrith Panthers, the... Sydney Roosters, Sydney the Melbourne Roosters, Storms. The you, Melbourne you, Storms. You blanch at saying those names, don't I you? I don't like saying it. But there's been a lot of theory going around that perhaps these clubs, when the referees are blowing their whistle, these clubs are getting the favour. We've had Justin Holbrook saying that when there's 50-50 calls, they all go to the big clubs. He's calling Parramatta a big club. Now, I did notice on the weekend, I was at uh, Western Sydney Stadium, that was a very flat track. It was very flat. I haven't seen it was a road. Did you and see didn't they love it? Did you see the Combank support stuff actually oh. out there with the spirit level? Oh, and yeah. it, was, it was absolutely <laughs> they had the heavy roller on that track. <laughs> and, and and this of course is what's been come to know as the Justin Holbrook big club theory. That's the one. Which I think is an adult movie I saw once. But um uh, <laughs> and we've vacillated as who the big clubs are, but I think we can settle on Rooster Storms, Panthers, Eels, correct? But yes, we can. Yes, right. we can. So there's a concern what happens when the, the calls are being made. And under the pump coach, Ming the Merciless himself, Todd Payton, in the wake of his defeat to the Roosters, had this to say on the issue. There were some calls tonight, uh, 50-50 calls that went against us. And, you know, Titans head coach a couple of weeks ago made a you know a comment, and I, and I agree with him, you know. Um, teams that have been up the pointy end of the competition for a while now or have high-profile players um, get the benefit of the doubt too often, and that's frustrating, and that's my, my opinion over watching footy for a long time. Well, there we go, because that's exactly what Justin Holbrook said. He said there were four 50-50 calls that could have gone either way. All four went to the Eels. Ming the Merciless, I'd imagine, is a similar number. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, we're starting to see this emergence of the haves and the have-nots. Mm. You know, those four that we mentioned before, and over here we've got the Titans the and 12. North Queensland. Yeah. The, the only <laughs> slight issue I have with Todd's theory is he's talking about high-profile players. I'm not sure there's anyone who's got a higher profile than Luke Brooks right now. He seems to be in the paper every day. But, you know... Uh, I don't know if that's high... Pro- if that's what he's referring to. But there's a, there's a general trend going on. Mm. And I want to come to a, an expression of this that I'd be interested in your opinion in a moment, but just a very quick aside. Yes. They were beaten by the Sydney Roosters. So I thought we were going to go back to the big club theory no, no, adult no. film. I was no, no. <laughs> no, okay. Volumes one, two, and three. <laughs> and and that was, of course, they're up against the Sydney Roosters and COVID Robbo <laughs> yep. didn't go, basically left the team in the hands of the assistant coaches, Jason Riles and Matt King. And the former sideshow Bob. Right. They, they completely turned it around, right? Yep. And in the lead up, he said, I'm not I'm going to be a light touch on the phone. I'm not going to be bombarding them with messages. This tells me that, and we've talked for some time now about how tight Robbo is with his money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's obviously not on an unlimited plan. He's on some sort of, you know, quota plan. Well, my understanding is he still has, he gets STD calls, which are cheaper on the Sunday 
And because it was a Saturday night, he didn't get the cheaper rate, so he wasn't calling. Is STD still a thing? This has a different meaning now, that acronym, isn't it? It does, but the old telecoms STD calls. Do I ring Hungary through OTC? Is that how I do that? But he also revealed, in terms of actually watching the game, that in the Robinson household, guess how many televisions in the Robinson household? Is he married? Yes. Does he have children? Yes. Oh, there's got to be a couple. You don't want the kids' TV. You'd want the, that. You'd the gaming TV. It's got the bedroom TV, surely. One TV in the entire Robinson household. Can you believe that? Wow. Makes the roosters pay for his coffee. It's not on an unlimited usage plan on his phone. One TV. <laughs> Goodness me. Parsimonious. But, of course, three- Do you think he has a lot of surfaces? <laughs> like, it's a, it's a very sparse- House or is is there is there services with a, a piece of French sculpture? Oh, n- knowing Robbo being the everyman he is, Renaissance speaks French. Dot dot dot. We get it. He's actually got a replica Seidler. He's <laughs> actually gone and said, "I want a Harry Seidler house, yeah. very minimalist. Yeah, lot of yep, odd yep, shapes. Yep. No Maybe room for ro- electronics. Just a little Rodin sculpture yeah. on a on a flat surface." Can you just imagine him at the PNC? Well, my kids don't get much access to screens. You know, <laughs> don't need much they access they to screens. They're, they're more book kids, you know. We spend and, a lot of time at the gallery yeah. just looking at their... Oh. Why would you look at a screen when you've got such a marvellous work of art? There? And, you know, they're huge Van Morrison fans. It's not my influence, but they've actually gone back and they're listening to them as well. Has been painted in the Archibald? Because what a tremendous... Like, Who, Van or Robbo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of Robbo. Yeah, well, it'd win the Store Packers Prize, that's for, for sure. sure. Absolutely. Mm. But the, the issue about the sin binning, so Roy Masters today says, you know, talking about the time where uh, both Royce Ailiff and Les Boyd, when he was taking the Australian schoolboys team to England, were both put in the sin bin and Roy didn't know what it was. He says, what are you doing down there? And he says, well, we've got to sit in this sin bin. He goes, why? Because you told us to belt them and we did. <laughs> And then I think it was Barry Jensen was the first player in Sydney Rugby League from Newtown Jets to be put in the sin bin. But now it just seems like a panoply, a, no, a, a cornucopia of infractions put you in the sin bin. And Roy says this is a bigger issue in terms of tearing at the fabric of our game, as does Paul Kent. What do you think? Look, I saw some of the sin binnings against the Cowboys and some, they, they did seem unnecessary. Again... Nelson, Asafa Solomon, yes. who, who I mispronounced beautifully last week in the opening, <laughs> you, you both looked at me and I didn't realise I'd done it. Against I, Makaheshi Makatoa, is that right? I'm very sorry, uh, Nelson. I'd be very sorry. I'm very, very sorry, especially as you're playing the Raiders and, this weekend. And it's Mr. Asafa Solomon uh, to you. Sorry, Mr. Asafa Solomon. Um, but he comes in with the swinging arm, cops someone on the head, gets a thousand dollar fine. I think it was fifteen hundred reduced to a thousand because of because he had no record of it because the record's been expunged. And then poor old Chad Townsend, wonderful hair. He comes in and he he, he appears to brush someone. Gone, gone. And I think that's because the referee said, "Well, you're always at me about what, what about the hair ref? What about the hair ref?" And he handed straight up towards the hairline of the opposition player. So there was a bit so of so it rough was a just- hair infraction, a hair infraction, rough justice. Yeah, right. But um, this is the problem, I think, that our uh, game has with a Cronulla Coffee Club actually calling the shots and Volandi's twiddling away on the wrestle dial in the six again. The main thing we've got to get hold of is getting rid of the sin bin. When I look back upon my life It's always with a sense of shame I've always been the one to blame And school had taught me how to be So pure and thought and word and deed They didn't quite succeed It's time for the latest instalment of The Life and Times of Gus Gould. 
You know, sometimes I listen to Brad Fittler. I listen to Brad Fittler and I think, who the hell coached you when you're younger? The stuff that comes out of his mouth. And then I realised that most of it was me. So I failed miserably. And that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Anyway, we're all fired up. Let's go. Gus is fired up and I'm more fired up having heard Gus speaking. But let's let's we've quoted Danny Widler on the show just 10, 15 minutes ago. Let's quote him again. Well, you mentioned Mr. Asafa Solomona's $1,000 fine, where he actually got also a letter of thanks from the NRL <laughs> for bringing attention to the game and more eyeballs. And it was revealed that, amazingly, the Volandis Abdo Axis gave themselves the power to come in on said incidents and charge players where the match review committee has not issued a charge. But unfortunately, when a charge has been issued, they, they're powerless, right? So when there's a $1,000 fine for a smack in the head, <laughs> they can't come over the top and say... And Felix can say all he wants, that perhaps they misjudged it, the power of the force. It was more forceful. Yes. Um, it could have been a different grading. Yes. But Danny Widler has a solution. He's a thinker, isn't he? Well, he, he certainly... Is he, is he the game's greatest thinker now? <laughs> no. No, of course it's no. Ricky Stewart. It's Ricky Stewart. No, that's Brett Oden, but, <laughs> but no. The leader of the cabal I'm, of I'm, coffee club. I'm prepared to say that he is the people's champion. And, of course, that, you know, talking WrestleMania brings back memories of The Rock. We didn't see him at WrestleMania, but we saw Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, and Vince McMahon got back into a ring wow. after 10 Were years there of absence. Were there any Zimmer frames? Were they hitting each other with their Zimmer frames? No, he was jacked. Um, but Weidler is work in progress, the match review committee. Can't fix everything straight away, but he was certainly refer- uh, referring to, again, fans were left fuming that another player, Mr. Safa Solomona, was uh, from one of the most powerful clubs, big club theory, Storms, no, Storms, was allowed to escape with a fine for a serious breach that could have seriously injured an opponent. If I was writing it, I would have, I probably would have freshened it up a little bit, seriously maimed an opponent. That's how you get people's attention these days. This column, I like that. You know, rather than I have, it's this column. I don't know how Peter Fitzsimons will feel about that, but anyway. This column has argued consistently for someone independent to provide, get this, Dennis, common sense input to the match review committee deliberations. Not a legal expert. No common sense there. Not a former player, of course. (laughs) Just someone who understands the game from the fans' point of view. Volandis. Who, who can stop the colours from is that, is that what he's saying? He is suggesting that Peter Volandis should be added to the committee. <laughs> I, have, I, of course, interpret it as a, as a fan. So he thinks this should be a fan. Just an independent, common-sense person. I mean, does anyone know any... Like, like, like I'm, I'm, I've got, I have a suggestion. Look, I, I think it's fair to say that anyone who's a rugby league fan knows for a certain fact. Like, you hear about white line fever. People, he's such a nice guy. He's such a great guy. Then he walks across the white line. They call it white line fever. He goes nuts. When someone's a rugby league fan, they lose all common sense. That's right. They hand it in. By definition. By definition. And so a a neutral fan, there is no such thing. Everyone has a bite. Like, you know, we're sitting here. if, If it's a Storms game, they're all off. If I was in there as the fan, they're all off. Even though if I wasn't allowed to, obviously, if it's a Raiders game, the whole other team's off. The penalties, there's no 50-50 calls. It's all 100 to zero. Raiders penalty, Raiders penalty. Don't touch him. Don't touch him. Don't touch him. So it's like, I guess, when you're impaneling a jury, in order to go out and find a common sense person, and again, we'd love any suggestions on this on our Facebook or our Blowing Up Deluxe pages, that you've got to ask a series of questions to actually rule out someone as a rugby league fan. <laughs> so, for example, who is Clive Churchill? Oh, he must be a cricketer because they named a stand after him at the, the Sydney Cricket Ground. Yep. Common sense answer. Right. <laughs> so who would you suggest? Uh, look, it's it's a pretty thin offering. Laurie uh, Nichols has sadly passed away. Laurie's he, was gone, a, he was a fan. But he was a fan. I, I think if it's got to be someone not directly connected with the game, but is seen as common sense and a great arbiter. Barack Obama's retired, hasn't he? Well, he has. Yeah, he's He'd a big fan good. of rugby league. He'd be good. Uh, Who's the current president of China? Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping? <laughs> sure. Well, we want to get the, you know. Or Angela Merkel. Again. Angela. Angela yeah. Merkel. If you actually had a match review committee of Xi Jinping, 
Barack Obama and Angela Merkel. Who's going to argue? The Sunnis are out of control. There'd be no wrestle. Ricky be even happier. It's fantastic. That's a great idea. And and, and they will be neutral. I'll, I'll put it to Vlanders next time I see him. Well, if they're neutral, who's the, who's who's running Switzerland at the moment? <laughs> we might have to get them involved. Well, they're not neutral. Are they, they? They align now. They've said that they don't like Russia invading Ukraine. Oh wow! They've made a comment, wow. so they're not not properly neutral. But. Uh, there's some other unseemly things that have happened this week, and one thinks of Elvis. Costello or Presley? Presley. And there's one of his most famous songs. He really doesn't like people touching his blue suede shoes. No. And I believe Payne Haas is in the same camp as Elvis. Yes. Uh, Sunday night, I'm sure your phone lit up, Dennis, with um, your bookies looking to collect... uh, (laughs) on the money you did on the Raiders versus the Manly Ringer Seagulls, but my phone lit up and, like, I, I tend not to look at this material until I see that it's on every mainstream media outlet. So you can believe it. Yeah, and, of course, it was a 14-second grainy piece of footage of Payne Haas, Brisbane powerhouse, is he worth a million dollars a year? They'll be debating that at the moment. Having a bit of a contretemps with uh, 5-8 Albert Kelly. So we have a super heavyweight yes. against a bantamweight. yes. It's quite an even contest, isn't it? It's like a regular PWA match, actually. <laughs> so, it's so a suspension of belief. What, why was was Albert Kelly arcing up at Payne Haas? Was Payne Haas arcing up at Albert Kelly? Well, the integrity unit's already got involved, Dennis, and the reports have come back is that Haas, after a victory against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, so there'd be no celebration, it's just a victory because it's just the Bulldogs. It's like a bye. That's right. They're that's celebrating, right. there's no injuries. Yes, I think uh, Brendan Cal described the Sharks' upcoming game against the Tigers as an active bye. They're just going to bank the two points. Uh, so Haas had been out with his family uh, and friends for Ramadan. Uh-huh. Uh, so therefore definitely not on the on the, on the the source. Albert Kelly turned 31, been out for his birthday, probably had a couple of drinks. Right. They reconvene at the hotel that they were staying at, I think, in the Homebush Precinct. Yep. And it turns out that Haas is sporting a pair of wonderful new white shoes Right. Which he's got from Shoe Grab. From Shoe Grab. Is this something I should know about? Yes. It's Australia's largest designer sneaker marketplace. Is this online? I'm assuming it's online. Because, Shoe Grab. Because if you, you'd you have to build a hangar the size of the Boeing facility at Seattle to get in all the designer sneaker options that are available to you these days. So you have to go virtual. Well, surely you actually wouldn't build that hangar at all. Surely you'd be ordering them. You'd be saying, I want them made to order. I want this guy. I want the you know, Payne Haas in, scroll, in gold scroll around the hill. Correct. The- Designer. Exactly. Very, very good point. So these are, these, they're not- They're bespoke. They're, they're bespoke. not Porte Porte. They are, uh, they're, they're bespoke. Yeah, but yeah. they're bespoke. But the, the main thing I think that really uh, got Albert offside was that they were clean. <laughs> and you know when you used to get a new pair of Volio Cs? I was straight in the gutter into the mud. Were you? I, I, I didn't- I, I, Hated the conspicuousness. To me, the whole because yeah, I, I wore volleys a lot, right, and jeans. And I'm twenty years before Seinfeld came out, I was not a fan of the white, the very bright white shoes in the jeans. I wanted them dirtied. I wanted them to be grey. So I was straight in there. So I'm probably on Albert. <laughs> Albert Kelly. He's a little bit older than Payne. Yes. Perhaps he's, it's a different fashion generation. Perhaps Albert was trying to help Payne. Going, oh, dude. <laughs> You look like a 20-year-old pedo. Like, they're called pedo shoes because that's what the- <laughs> It's funny you say that about white shoes because you keep telling me about how you're looking forward to retiring up at Sanctuary Cove, <laughs> which is very much the white shoe. But I'll go. have dirty shoes, I can tell you. Can you remember the difference between a pair of sunbeams? Sunbeams? From Dunlop. You mean the Datsun? And the Dunlop sunbeams and the Dunlop Volio Cs? See, I, I pretty These much- These are tennis shoes, by the way, as, people. As soon as the- um, the KT26s came out. I was off. Excuse me? As soon as the KT26 came Are out. Are they Dunlop as well? The Dunlop KT26, which were lit, they were designed for Milk Run. They had a great wide sole with these big grips and they were as a solid sole. So if you had a bit of a, a bit of tendency towards pronation, you wouldn't roll your ankles. Oh, and, I, and, I, and I did a Milk Run in Canberra. We, I used to actually deliver milk, like I'd carry the, the crates and I'd run around Reed and deliver. It was, it was uh, the KT26s was the standard 
outfit. I actually pronate for Australia. It's one of the eights that I do do for Australia. There's another <laughs> one as well. But but the difference was the sunbeams were just your generic, almost cream colour. But the volleys, mm. which are a little bit wider, OCs, actually had the green and gold. The green and gold stripe. Beautiful. Yeah. No, yeah. You, felt, you felt premium when you went to the kids' tennis classes. Yeah. Like you felt like you belonged if you had the OCs. You thought, you know, Grand Slams, here I come. I reckon I can probably, yeah, you can probably still get them. Yeah. Anyway, I tell you what, it, it, most week. people have said that it's just uh, a huge blow up. You know, forget about it. Shouldn't even be referred. I believe Gus Gould. He yeah. said it's a joke. It's so just, he used the word joke, which he does sparingly. Uh, on NRL 360 last night, uh, Buzz Rothfield was prepared to give it six and a half on the atrocity meter. The balance <laughs> out, of, out of what? Out of ten. Out of ten. Okay. The balance in attendance. Hoops. Kenty. Braith were laughing at him as they want to do. Well, look, I, I, you showed me the video before the show. I'd only seen still images and I hadn't even bothered looking because I figured it was probably a blow up and a beat up. Um, but having seen the actual image, I think it is a major atrocity. And I'll say for this reason, Payne Haas grabbed his shirt collar, his T-shirt. He grabbed that around uh, towards his neck. He grabbed that bit. And as he held it, he would then push it back towards him. Now, that is what's called a jumpery mm-hmm. in the AFL. Mm-hmm. Did Payne Haas play AFL? Because if he's bringing the jumper punch into rugby league from the AFL, that is an atrocity. Well, also, I mean, he was a little bit blue in the thing. We got another Michael Luth, like Carmichael Hunt involved, and uh, he is changing management and apparently being advised by Coda Nasser and Sonny Bill Williams, but possibly in relation to the wrong sport. <laughs> now, Chris. Oh, can I just finally say? Yes. That. Uh, you know, it, it again brings attention like the uh, stoush between Flegler, who did so well getting four, four, what is it, 40 cautions? What do you call them? Four reports. He got reported four times in 58 minutes against the Warriors, <laughs> including two in one minute. Uh, he had a bit of a blue with Jordan Rickey. That was Rick- just this weekend. That's his weekend. <laughs> he, he had a blue with Jordan Rickey in preseason or Mad Monday uh, last year. So, um, you know, the Broncos are saying they're going to change the culture. And when uh, Kebby gave the interview after they got beaten last week by the or the week before by the Cowboys, he said it was like a punch in the mouth. Well, it turns out it's that it's is exactly, that is exactly what culture. It is. But Chris, do you have any Araro Valley axes to grind? Two, as always, Dennis. First of all, can we just get rid of the quick tap in rugby league? Like, in every single instance where I watch, the penalty is awarded, the player goes for the quick tap and the referee goes, no, no, this is for foul play. No, no, this is within the 20-metre line. No, no, this is on a day ending and why. I have no idea when a quick tap can be actually taken advantage of, and it rarely happens. Can we just get rid of it? Uh, Unless there's consistency around it. Because I believe generally when they're told not to, it's because there's a player in front of them on their team. But there does seem to be like, yeah, no, nah, not now. Yeah, no, nah, not this time, champ. There just seems to be a series of criteria, yeah. right? And and the players are just bamboozled. And no one knows. Yeah. And 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 I and to me, it's again, it's another source of like excitement followed by frustration. Yep. Story of my life. The other thing is that in the beautiful article written by Andrew Webster today in support of just take the hands off our game, backed up by coach Ricky Stewart, Volandis, get your hands off the controls. There's been a pile on because of one sentence or one little quote that he made. Yes. He said, I know it doesn't suit the TikTok 140 characters or less, Krispy Kreme, make me feel good right now generation, but defense is not a bad thing. It's half the game. It makes the game a contest. Well, a number of people identify themselves as part of that generation. They've accused him of being ageist. Yes. And uh, And incorrect. Yes. And factually incorrect. Right. This is Webby. Yes. Webby. I mean, because I want to support the guy. It was 2018. 140 characters. What world is he living in? in 2018. Does he even know about COVID? Is that where he's living? Does that mean the Raiders haven't lost the 2019 grand final yet in Webby's world? You're still in it. Cummins hasn't made the call. I want to back him. But I can't back him when that sort of sloppy no. journalism. Dennis. No, that's just do your research. 140 Web. characters. Goodness, I had is, to ask Pat what it was. I think it's 280. Is, is he even on Twitter? <laughs> He's a bit like Gus. He's a bit on and off, I think. Ah, they he, are my Arara Valley access to grind. And unfortunately, the big fixture, the charity fixture, Hello Courtney Chapter on t- last Saturday, washed out. Oh, no. And I've asked her to let us know when it gets rescheduled. 
Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we could go up there. Wouldn't that be fantastic to actually I'm go not it out. and see the bird? What's up there? Is there a bird eye? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Sam's coaching them. Oh, wouldn't that? That'd be wonderful. Uh, just with your point about the um, the quick tap, there was a wonderful thing that happened at Mudgee. <sighs> Sorry. Um, where uh, third game referee Zbigniew Szklas-Rodamski um, at just on half time. That really sounds like when, you know, when, you know bands like Silverchair and... Uh, Ozzy Osbourne gave evidence about whether they were backward masking satanic messages <laughs> and when they play the record backwards. Can you do that again? Zbigniew Shiklas-Rodamski. Yeah, I am the devil, I think is what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually I am the most handsome man in the world and I belong in a Milan fashion catwalk. Um, but he'd blown a penalty to the Raiders. So the rent, it was 52 metres out. So they're talking about taking a kick and he's gone, actually, you can't take a kick. Actually, it's half time. It shouldn't have been a penalty because you're outside the 40. It was just a ruck infringement. It's not a penalty. It's a six again. Ruck infringement. Sorry. Ruck infringement. So the half was over. But no one had played that. Pat wasn't there to play it. Um, But in that game, after that game, which we'll just skirt over because no one wants to talk about it, um, Ricky came out. And he yeah. had a lot. He had a lot to say in those two minutes, and it, it, it unearthed a couple of issues that are going on in Manly. It did. And um, by the way, uh, Sam Burgess won SAS Australia last season. Darius Boyd and Millie Brown got through this season. How good is Millie Rugby Brown? League? Not Millie Boyle. I thought Millie, Millie Boyle. Boyle. Millie Boyle. Gosh, I keep From, making that um, mistake. The Brisbane Broncos. Millie Brown. The Netflix show. The eighties one. Stranger Things. Oh, Stranger Things. Exactly. Oh, is that who Millie? Bra- won, yeah, she won SAS. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she's a tough cookie in Stranger Things. So how good is rugby league? But yes, Manly's had a spotlight shone on them. I mean, sad news about Tommy Turbo needing a knee operation just he was coming good. Yeah, it's, the sadder news is the fact that it wasn't last week that it was announced and that he didn't take Jaylee Cherry Evans with him for a week. This is the bizarre thing about Volantis coming forward this week about concerns about the wrestle and needing to issue more six agains. He goes, I need the stars of our games to dominate a la Tedesco and Travojevic. I think... Uh, Travojevic almost ran for 300 metres, Tedesco for over 200. They seem to be doing all right. Thank you very much. Well, Ricky was saying the star of the game did dominate, being Daly, who's who's, unlike Payne Haas, is clearly worth his million. Yeah, but as uh, David Letterman used to say, poor old Scott Penn, uh, the chairman of the Manly Warringah Rugby League team. Is that what David Letterman used to say? David Letterman used to say, poor poor old Scott Scott Penn, he's got more troubles than a monkey on a rock. (laughs) Right. for reasons that will become eventually apparent, Stephen Humphreys has uh, been resigned from his role as Manly CEO because he was in discussions about his personal circumstances with sponsors. I don't know. I, to me, that just sounds like, look, I'm doing a half marathon. You sling a lot of money at the club. Could you throw me 500 bucks to just do the Sydney half marathon? Or, or could it be I'm, I'm sleeping in my car? <laughs> Can you give me a hand? That's an alternative theory. And it just highlighted how many people have had the poison chalice of being the CEO of Manly, including the Northern Eagles, over the last 20 or so years. 12 and 22 years, six in the last eight. Names like Frank Biscuit Stanton, Ian Thompson, Grant Mayer, Graham Lowe, Lyle Gorman, and then, of course, Stephen Humphreys is, is now gone. And so if you think Scott Penn hasn't got enough to do, this is what Ricky had to say to him after the game. If I'm the manly boss, Sean Penn, I'd be, I'd be going down there and putting a fresh bunch of flowers on Bob Fulton's grave every day. The smartest player that club's ever made is uh, pinching back off uh, the Titans and offering a million dollars for 10 years. Everybody bag Bozo for it. That's a masterstroke. It is a masterstroke. And he's signed again. He's signed for an additional two years, apparently. DCE has, yeah, yeah. yeah. Though he confessed it may not be for a million bucks a year. Well, it is a masterstroke. But, but I hope if it is for good money that he actually contributes to the floral budget <laughs> that Scott Penn would have to incur to put flowers on Bozo's crate every day. We're looking 50 bucks a bunch? Well, it depends. Are we going seven days a week? I mean, you, can't just turn up with just some, going... you can't pick up with some daisies you just grab from a roadside. What um, do you think Bozo's favourite flowers box? were? Do you like the white lily? Gardenia. Like... Gardenia. Yeah, he's a Gardenia guy, I'd imagine. The smell. He yeah, likes the smell absolutely. of them. Absolutely. They're very seasonal, though. He's yeah. not going to be able to get them all time, all times of the year. I also think hibiscus. I think, you know, Bozo would like to go to, you know, a tropical climb, you know, drink a fruity cocktail with a hibiscus in the hair. I reckon he'd like a Grevillea. Because it attracts the honey eaters. He's obviously a bird man. Um, but Ricky, hearing Ricky's wonderful voice, and you know how much I love Ricky, uh, it does bring up the horrible feeling that the Raiders are playing 
the storm in Wagga Wagga. Raiders and the storm. It's a black night. The Canberra Raiders. What the hell went wrong? I certainly didn't see that coming. Fanua's flying high. Oh, hey, Fanua, magnificent! Brett Finch set up three tries. Finch could have scored himself. 68 to 4, our biggest losing score. Raiders and the Storm. Record breaking day. Hoffman kicks, they score. The try assist, Brian Hoffman for the grubber. Bellamy wants more. Look at Craig Bellamy there, he's not happy, he wants more. Why did Campo shake? The new look, Terry Campese. It ruined his birthday. She's not happy with that time, If we lose like that again, our season's at an end. Raiders and the Storm. We did it pretty bad. Raiders and the Storm. Raiders and the Storm. Disappointed and embarrassing. Defensively, we were better, but... (laughs) My daughter. Answer it. No. Um, sorry. Charlotte, I'm doing my press conference, darling. I can't talk to you. See ya. Okay, sorry. You're bold, you're off. Sometimes. Just in that pre-season, um, I gave off the drink for six weeks, so I just realised that when I did, I was like... Talking talking showbiz this week, we're talking theatre. Oh, yeah. Starting with the Tigers, Titans. <laughs> well, look, was that Kabuki? <laughs> We've been trying to avoid that. Yeah, so you guys are both in show business. Chris, in particular, you're a wrestling commentator. Sometimes you get great shows, sometimes you get not so great shows. But that's not important. You still got to sell to the audience something. Right? Dagonade's a wrestling fan as well. So he's aware of that. There's great games and there's not so great games. Brandy, we're not going to forget this game in a hurry. It mightn't be the upper echelon of greatness in 2022. So that doesn't sound too appealing to me. But he's saying you get a hint there that he's like, something's going to happen. A largely, a largely forgettable game. So it's like, you know, you're trying to enjoy it. And they give you nothing. But there, there was there was a reason to watch it. The commentators did give us something. Will Smith, eh? What a funny old week for Will Smith. Take him off that grip. As, uh, go to take he starts just short of halfway. Probably loved having that name over the years. Was, people would call him the Fresh Prince and all sorts of things. Well, there's Will Smith coming on the field. It's been a big week for Will. He'll appreciate a game of rugby league to take his mind off things. Oh, he won an Oscar, didn't he? Yes. A little bit. A few other things going on as well. King Richard on the field. Well, he can be the sort of player that can break the game open. And here he goes. Will Smith getting jiggy with it here at Seabar Super Stadium. Big play this. Smith. That is horrible Uh, for Will Smith. It's not a good week to be Will Smith. It's a shocking week to be Will Smith. How's that for theatre? Well, staying on the Oscars, let's go to highbrow theatre. Matty Johns is quite a connoisseur of culture. Yep. Um, and he's talking about, about a movie. See if you guys can guess which movie he's talking about. Like a lot of American movies, it just finishes happy, smiley, all the relationships intact and just in a neat bow. Yeah. I didn't want that. <laughs> I wanted something bad to happen to one of the characters. So what could that be? That could be, you know, maybe Shawshank Redemption seems a little bit too easy to Top finish. Gun. I was going to suggest, suggest Scarface, but I'm Scar- not Scarface, yeah. 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 Um, All happy with the bow. Yeah, yeah. Matty Johns could be a fan of Hong Kong cinema. There's uh, a lot of people saying that The Departed, which is a, a an Americanized version of Infernal Affairs, that that ending's a little bit too convenient. Maybe Citizen Kane never got his uh, his comeuppance. You know, he was maybe treated a little bit too too well. Meet Joe Black, maybe. 
Joe, yeah. Because I was actually astonished. I laughed out loud at a yeah. Brad Pitt film. Yeah, well, well, none of those are correct. American Pie. <laughs> the writing of American Pie. <laughs> what is a bit more drama in American Pie? Yeah. yeah. Nice. So a big part of, of theatre and theatrics is the finish. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. So Gus was talking about Bulldogs games and what's predictions coming up. So if you're a Bulldogs fan, this is a spoiler because this is this is how the games are, are, are going to um, finish. The Bulldogs are going to play in plenty of those games this year. In <laughs> <laughs> plenty of games, but this is this is this is how they're going to finish. And you're either going to win or you lose. That's what's going. To, the score is going to be at full time. Ooh, now that's a spoiler. So I gave a spoiler. I gave a spoiler. <laughs> So no one can come back to me when they get to the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, they and can't be angry with that. But yeah. that, that is contentious. I mean, if, you, I mean, if you're a fanatic, you say after Golden Point, there can be a draw. Can be a draw. Yeah. Now this is going to finish on this, and Dennis, I'll um, I'll bring you in. So SEN broadcast from Leichhardt Oval for the women's game, the women's oh, they did it live. So they did like a talkback show for the Dragons vs Titans, which is first, and then called the Broncos Roosters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so their setup, and maybe Chris, I bring you in for this one, was so it was the coach's box, empty box, SEN box. So two boxes down with two closed doors between them was Jamie Soward. And I really think Jamie Soward was getting into um, that game. Through from high school football into the NRL, as the Dragons go over, that would probably be a game sealer there, I'd imagine. Uh, guys, what do we make of that performance? You, you, you said earlier, James, that 24-12, the scoreline now. Maybe a nervous few minutes from Jamie. You, that's him there. You can hear him. I didn't know Michael Luck played for the uh, yeah. NRLW Dragons team. Does he have assistant coaches with him or in the NRLW is just the one coach? He had someone else in the box. Right. But that was that was the whole two hours or hour 45, whatever the game was. Well, Luckout Oval is the eighth wonder, but the Latcham Robinson stand, it's not exactly state-of-the-art. I mean, I don't think the Sonics and the and insulation. They're not, they're not a big club, so they're not going to get a boutique stadium. They're not going to get in. a boutique stadium. Not a, not a uh, marginal suite seat. No, absolutely not. I walk into the change rooms there. I've got 47 texts. I never turned my phone on after the game, but I thought I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texts. Every one of those texts agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in. So, brief one today. I put the call out for prediction based on a, a Michael Maguire's prediction that Luke Brooks will be a rep star at the West Tigers. Yes. I don't think people people took it a bit too seriously for my liking, so I'll just run through all the ones we've got <laughs> and maybe just, just a quick yes or no. Tonga win World Cup. Say again? Tonga win the World Cup at the end no. of the year. Um, is Luke Brooks playing half for them? I don't think so. <laughs> no. I think it's a good shout. Christian Wolf's killing it in Super League, and he, um, Conrad Harrell plays for him, so and he's got him going well. Queensland State of Origin. No. Yes. I think yes. Panthers back-to-back. No. Yes. Then we've got top four, Panthers, Sharks, Eels, Roosters. No. Big club theory? No. Yeah. Storm's got to be there. Storm's will be there. Uh, Raiders bottom four? No. No. Bulldogs last? I, God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear uh, Trent Barrett said- Hey, terrible. Trent Barrett said that the Bulldogs' problem was that they've been up for three weeks. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right up on their toes. Yeah. Um, and this got sent in to me. This was Andrew. This got sent in, but Andrew Ferguson had posted it uh, last week. Who runs Rugby League Project? This is a, a SMH article from 1985 by Alan Clarkson. Oh, I loved Alan Clarkson. Do, do, do mm. you gentlemen remember Alan Clarkson? No, I can't say I do. Harold Jono, and he was one of the members of Controversy Corner Ooh. with Rex Mossop, Ferris Ashton, Cole Pierce, etc. Noel Kelly. And my friends, we used to slavishly watch Controversy Corner on Sports Action of a Sunday morning. And we realized as we got older that the reason that we thought Alan Clarkson was an authority, uh, yes, well, Rex, I think that uh, South will be, was he simply had a deep voice. right? That's and we were enough. persuaded by the authority of his deep voice. So loved Alan Clarkson. Well, what do you have to write? Hopefully I can do his verbiage justice here. So this is a potential rule change for the, for the 1985 season. Trialed in a game between Norths and Sharks in the second last round where both teams were out of top five contention. Could be any season. If the team in possession crosses the 22-yard line like into the opposite 
opposition. So you're attacking and you cross the 22-yard line. The tackle count shall be cancelled. So unlimited tackles once you get into the red zone. Wow. If the player with the ball is then tackled behind the 22-yard line, then the, then the, it's a handover. Right. So that's a potential. We're talking rule changes. Wow. And when was this from? 1985. Uh-huh. Never happened. Want to no. trial again? No. No? Because <laughs> also, it was, it's, it's also if the ball moves behind the 22-yard line, so if you get tackled sort of 21 yards out, play the ball, you would have to pass it behind the line. So then there was a bit of that article that was saying that it would encourage more dummy half running, which had become a blight on the 1985 game. I do find it fascinating that in 1985, they still had a 22-yard line. I'm not disputing. I suspect they did. Well, 20 metres is 22 yards. We went metric. But 20... No, it was just a quarter. It was the quarter line. Yeah, so it was 22 yards. That's 25. Yards. Yeah, but it, that's the way it just was. It was 22 and 50 for whatever reason. I yeah, I know, well, it's because it's a rugby thing. The rugby still has the 22. Well, you know. But, what it, it, but it's, I, just, it's I just assumed it was 20 metres is 22 yards. I don't think it quite is. I think it was just 22, 50, 22, yeah, yeah something like I think that. They actually had, I think it actually still was the 22-yard line. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm. I had a little bit of it. Is that all the, the Texas you had? That's all the Texas. I had a couple that I just needed to, to get out if I very quickly may. Um, we talked about the Tongan Thor. Uh, Tupu, Taniela yes. Tupu recently, and Don't Argue came back on Instagram and said, the only Taniela Tupu I want to hear about on Fire Up is the one playing left wing for the Roosters. The three-time premiership winning <clears throat> Tongan Tyro Taniela Daniel Tupu. He also said, do you remember years ago when Fox offered different audio options for games? You could even you could have the refs mic or even just the effects mic and crowd. And I know one of the guys I go out to the Roosters games with, Michael Grosvenor, would like that because he just simply refuses to listen to the commentary. I have I have mentioned this there was a couple of weeks ago. I was watching a game and they had an audio issue in, in Canberra and there was about a minute where there was no commentary. There was just the ref and the, and the crowd. It was fantastic. Maybe you could they, do that on the ABC. They have that, well. They should. They should. <laughs> Except the Fox has the, their um, audio setup. They've got about eight four one sixes around the stadium to pick up crowd noise. Um, they have several on the cameras on the corners, so they pick up a lot of on field noise. And this is two runners who have four one sixes, which is a shotgun mic with butt plugs. Hello, excuse uh, me. But transmitting theory. butt plugs on there. One each side pointing at where the play is. That's how they get all those on-field oofs and biffs and stuff. And it, it is fantastic. It's actually like it's it's a sonic masterpiece. I think Michael Lark might have played for the Panthers on Friday against Souths because Cleary, oh. Cleary was yelling Michael yeah. Lark. Yeah, there was a little bit. What a beautiful gesture by Latrell giving that lady the boots after she inadvertently caught the ball in the head. Oh, it was lovely. That was wonderful. Did, did, did it's been, I tell you, it's, the positive stories about Latrell industry is an overdrive at the moment, <laughs> picking up kids on Roosters training, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's heartwarming. Uh, I'd love to give you a lot of feedback from the Coogee Bay Dolphins fundraising lunch that I was at last Friday at the Coogee Pavilion. But, but I believe it's all politically sensitive and inappropriate. It's absolutely impossible for me to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yep, I yep, 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 do yep. want to share one tweet from an Aaron Wallace that was sent in my direction. Uh, after Tom's game uh, against the Penrith Panthers, another loss out there at the foot of the mountains, the four Burgess brothers have now combined for 411 of errors at the Rabbitohs, almost a third of all errors made by Rabbitoh forwards <laughs> since 2010. Now, I can't verify that, but, <laughs> but it seems possible. It really does. Um, there is an Aaron Wallace works at Fox Sports. That's the one. I'm wondering if it might be him. Yeah, well, that's the one. Well, there you go. He's from the lab. It's got to be true. from the lab. Um, right. To wind up, Chris... Can you give us, as if we need it, can you give us more reasons to dislike the Parramatta Eels? Well, you've got to give credit where credit's due, Dennis, and there was a heartwarming article uh, around the fact that uh, some a family whose real names can't be given, uh, Ukrainian refugees, have landed in Sydney and Parramatta have reached out and invited them to see the Dragons, uh, who clearly were attempting to play the role of the Russian army, uh, being uh, repelled uh, out, the flat out there at the flat track. So, you know, kudos to the Eels for that marvellous gesture. I've got to give credit where credit was due. And I would have talked in greater length about what a marvellous, wonderful idea and thought and sentiment it was, except for the words Mitch Moses. Oh, no. What's he done? You mentioned that the track was flat. He scored so many points in that game against the hapless Dragons, that they stopped playing Sweet Caroline after every conversion. Thank goodness. It, it was, but then when he scored the, the second of his two tries, was that off the 
Was it was it the Moses who scored off the Cartwright, the Cartwright miracle pass? Flick pass? Yeah, that was yeah. that was. Yeah, they went back to Sweet Caroline. Like talk about rubbing salt in the wounds. And then, apart from the fact that he left the Tigers, which still galls me, another reason is they're up forty-eight to fourteen as the clock is dwindling. And have a guess what Mitch Moses does. I was there. I saw it. And after being a dud last week and after blowing up Deluxe because they didn't give him the ball to kick the field goal, and then after finally getting the field goal and missing, which ended up getting a try, but he cannot claim any credit for Costing that. Costing Ray Stone's knee. He cannot. The, the, the try was on the back of Ray Stone. He had a shot at field goal. And, and how did it go, Chris? Missed. Under all the pressure of being 48-4 up, You're up 34. he just couldn't get it. 34 points up and you take a field goal. That is another reason to Needed dislike... To get- Need to get to 50 to before he can do it, Cody. Chris? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, well, he wasn't outside he wasn't the 40. 40 Don't out. get me started. <laughs> that is another reason to dislike the Parramatta Reels. But I can tell you, one thing I can tell you about the Coogee Bay Dolphins in the auction, the item that attracted the least money was a pair of Mitchell Moses boots in a cabinet. <laughs> how much did you have to, how much did the Coogee Dolphins pay you to take them? Uh, exactly right. So please join Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Instagram. Join the Fire Up NRL on Twitter and the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group group will be back to fire up next week thank you for listening i look at the uh, the back three like um they say in life you gotta have a great great back three